I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Amen. Good morning, Friendship Church. It's good to hear those over and over again to remind us all these, uh, these seven weeks. We're in a seven-week series called the I Am Statements of Jesus in the book of John. We've talked about how Jesus is the bread of life, Jesus is the light of the world, and I'm so thankful that he, that he brings us life, he sustains us, uh, and he shines us a, a direction of where to go. I'm so thankful for that. Here we are in week number three. And so it, this is kind of a, a, a different spot here because it's a seven-week series, so we've got seven times, but there's kind of a mini-series in the middle of these seven weeks. So these next two weeks... Um, is in John chapter 10, and it's the same uh, passage of Scripture, it's the same chapter, it's the same teaching, and he says two of these I am statements right here. So in the middle of this seven-week series, you've got two right in here in the middle. So we kind of have a part one and part two. So if you're here today, you have to come back next week to hear part two, okay? You can't just hear half a sermon, okay? You've got you to hear all of it. So we got part one here today, we got part two next week. Um, the door, Jesus says, I am the door this week, and he says, I am the good shepherd next week. And so we're going to be looking in John chapter 10. When I was at, uh, in Bible college at Southwestern, Assemblies of God University, hallelujah, um, it's in Dallas, or near Dallas, in Waxahachie. Uh, while I was there for a good amount of time, I worked in downtown Dallas at, in a place called the West End, kind of a fun area in downtown Dallas, has a lot of... Uh, restaurants, a little bit of shopping and stuff. I worked at a place called Spaghetti Warehouse. Anybody ever been to Spaghetti Warehouse? Okay, all right. So I worked, the, the trolley was in there. Remember that you sit in the trolley? I would serve in the trolley there area, so it was fun. So uh, I was server there, waiter there for, for a few, uh, well, for a little while. And uh, there was one particular night, a husband and a wife came in and they, and they sat down. And so I walked up the table like every waiter does in America. And they walk up, hi, my name is Adam. Welcome to Spaghetti Warehouse. What can I get you to drink? And as I said that, I looked at him and I thought, I know this guy. But I couldn't put my finger on it. And it wasn't like I, I, I've seen him somewhere at church. Like, no, this is a famous person. And I'm like, I, I, who are, I know you. Who are you? And I'm thinking this in my head as I'm saying, hi, my name's Adam. And, and I'm like, who is this guy? And so I walk away. And the whole next 30, 45 minutes, I'm, I'm racking my brain who is this guy? I know that he is a famous person, and I should know who he is because he's famous, and, but I can't, and then you can't ask, hey, are you famous? You know, because 
Like, that's the whole point of being famous is that people know who you are. And so I, I, I couldn't ask that, but I knew that he was. And I just couldn't put my finger on it. And so we get to the end of the dinner, and, and, I, and I take him the check, and he pulls his credit card out. And I'm thinking, ah, his name is going to be on the credit card, so I'll be able to kind of know who he is without asking who he is. And so I, I, I pick up the credit card, and I put in my apron. Yes, I wore an apron, <laughs> which is just kind of funny. And I, I wanted to be kind of nonchalant. You know, I didn't want him to think that I'm running to the back to look at the credit card to see who he is. So I'm kind of, hey, you guys need water over here? And I'm kind of checking all this. No, you're good? Okay. And then you walk over here, and I go to the back, and I pull out the credit card to see who he is. And there he is. I see the name, Tony Dorsett. That's who it is. He was the running back for the Dallas Cowboys in the 1970s and 80s, and that's who it was, and I couldn't believe it, and I've been talking to him all night. And so I, I take, his, uh, take the bill back to him, and I set it down, and I just said, it was a pleasure serving you, Mr. Dorsett, you know, kind of a, I know who you are type of a deal. And, and he said, well, thank you, Adam. So not to brag or anything, but Tony Dorsett knows who I am, okay? I'm just saying, you know, it's just kind of one of those deals, okay? I'm, I'm kind of a big deal, okay? It's, it's just kind of Tony Dorsett knows me. So why do I say that? Well, because this whole series, what we're talking about is I want us to know Christ. It's about knowing who Christ is, and he tells us who he is seven different ways in the book of John. And I don't want us to have the same relationship with Jesus that I have with Tony Dorsett, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, where it's kind of like, I know you, I sort of, like, I, I've seen you before, right, like, I kind of know who you are, and, you know, I've even seen him run the ball into the end zone, I've even seen some things that you have done, great things that you have done, I've seen you, I sort of know you, but I don't know Tony Dorsett, okay, I met him once, and I've seen him on TV a few times, but I want to know Christ. And it's a different, it's a different relationship. I don't want to just, yeah, Jesus, yeah, I kind of know him. I've been to church a few times. Uh, yeah, I've heard some of those stories in the Bible, part of the Red Sea and things, and, and 5,000 people, you know, so I know some things about him. There's a difference in knowing a little bit and from a distance, and I can't quite put my, you know him, and you know some things that he has done, and knowing Jesus Christ. Knowing who he is. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. We'll get to he's the resurrection and the life. And today we're talking about how he is the door. And so I want us to know Christ. I want to know who he is and move in that relationship. Don't just know things about him. I want to know him. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 10. From John chapter 10, there are two I am statements in this chapter. And we're going to start off with the first one. It says, I am the door. So now I'm talking a lot about uh, shepherding here today. So I know that all of us know everything there is to know about shepherding, right? We all took an intern class, and we've all been shepherds before, right, at some point in our life? Yes? Okay, good. So everybody knows everything about shepherding, so I don't have to explain stuff, right? Good. We, are, we have intimate knowledge <laughs> of how to lead sheep. Okay, good. Uh, okay, maybe I'll help us out a little bit. But that's what we're talking about. Here today, John, 10, John chapter 10, verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So back in the day, they had um, 
you know, many sheep. And what they would do is they would build kind of a sheep pen or a sheep fold, if you will. And some of it were pretty tall stone walls or they're made of wood or whatever. Uh, so that they would keep the sheep in. They, they, they learned after a while that if you just let the sheep kind of go to sleep in the pasture, just kind of out there somewhere, that they're susceptible to other shepherds coming and stealing them or wild animals eating them or them just wandering off. Um, but if you keep them in a, in a pen, you can keep them where they're at, you can keep them safe. Um, and, and so many of them, they would, have, uh, they would go together. It's like Abraham and Lot, you know, their, shepherds walk, or their uh, sheep walk together with them and other places in the Bible. So you would have even, even family members or, or close friends would keep a pen together. So there's, you know, 100 sheep, these 30 are mine, and these 30 are yours, and whatever else, or 1,000 sheep, whatever they were. And so they would keep them together um, in this pen. And so the one, the, the one who came through the door, there was a door there, well, they had business being there. They, they knew the sheep. In fact, they, they owned the sheep. And so they were able to be there. But if you, saw, if you saw someone climbing over the stone wall to get to the sheep, you knew that they're not supposed to be there. That, that's not, no, they, if, they, if they were supposed to be there, they would enter through the door. Okay? They would go through the front entrance. They wouldn't try to like, you know, crawl through the air ventilation vents or something. I don't know. You, you're not, that's not where you're supposed to be. You go in through the door. Verse 3. To him... Talking about the shepherd, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And that is so important for us today, is that, by the way, we're the sheep. We're the sheep. Christ, as we'll find out next week, is the good shepherd. But before we get to that, that we should know Christ's voice. And why do we, or how do we do that? By spending time with him. Why is it that you can hear your significant other in the middle of Target say, honey, or whatever, whatever they call you. Well, there's a thousand honeys in there. How do you know that that's my honey, okay? Well, because I've heard honey's voice, and I know that that's my honey saying honey, Okay. Have you ever heard, you know, honey, you know, like you've never heard this voice and you turn around, yes? No, no, you don't do that because you don't know who that honey is. You don't know, okay, you, you honey, only say hi to your honey, right? <laughs> that's not in my notes. I'm not sure why that's coming up. <laughs> All right? So you know the voice of God. And so sometimes as you're growing in the Lord, you're kind of like, I, I want to know that Christ is talking to me. How do I know that God is talking to me or if I'm just talking to myself or I'm just hearing my great-grandmother, you know, and what she thought and, like, how am I hearing all this? Now, I, I kind of have a thing on, on all of that. Uh, but I'll just say this. As you're growing in the Lord, if what you're hearing in your voice is something that is very biblical, if you hear in your head, go tell them about Jesus. Okay, you don't have to wonder is that God or is that me? Hmm, I don't know. No, that's a very biblical thing. Go ahead and just say yes and go tell them about Jesus. Figure it out later, okay? Because the voice of the Lord, the word of God, already tells you, go tell people about Jesus. So you don't have to go back and forth in your head, oh, is that just me or is that? No, 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 go ahead and go. And as you start saying yes to some of these things, you will start hearing the voice of the Lord. And you'll start knowing and you'll be able to cipher these things, Okay? So the sheep know his voice. So the shepherd would come in. Like I said, there's a sheep pen and there's a hundred sheep, but only 30 are mine. 
So how do I, as a shepherd, do I get this sheep, only my 30 to come out? Well, what they do is, the shepherds, they would have their own kind of call that they would say out to the sheep, that they would constantly say to the sheep, so that the sheep would know who is talking. So they would walk in and they would go, yip, 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 yip. Okay? I just wanted to do that, okay? <clears throat> and so the sheep who have heard the shepherd go, yip, 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 for years, know that's my shepherd that's calling me, okay? So there's a hundred sheep, and there's a shepherd that walks in through the door and goes, yip, 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 and starts walking this way, yip, 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 <laughs> okay? The sheep that have heard the yip for years will turn and will follow, and the other 60 or 70 aren't going to follow that voice. They don't know that voice, okay? So we have to <laughs> listen for the yip of the Lord. That should be the title of this message, actually, <laughs> that I'm figuring out in real time. Follow the yip of the Lord, okay? So when Jesus is talking to you, you we train our ear to know the voice of God. And the only way we do that is to spend time in God's presence. And so you're going to hear me rail on this for 50 years, okay? Read your Bible, pray, go to church, and hang out with Christians. Those are just the simple things that you know, that you do, to find out the voice of the Lord. To hear those things, okay? So we listen to the voice of the Lord. Verse 5, a stranger they will not follow, for they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he, is, what he was saying. This is so perfect, okay? So, John chapter 10 is actually a continuation of John chapter 9. It's kind of one story here. So in John chapter 9, he heals a man born blind. And the Pharisees are very upset about this for some reason. Very upset. And so they're coming, they're talking to Jesus about this, and why are you doing this and all this. And at the end of chapter 9, leading into chapter 10, he says that you are spiritually blind. Talking to the Pharisees. The, this man over here was physically blind, but you are spiritually blind. Uh, from a spiritual standpoint, you don't know what I'm talking about because you're not of God. And then they're like, well, what are you talking about? And so he gives them an example. You know, the sheep pen thing, the yip, yip, yip thing, okay? That's what this is. And they go, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, obviously, those sheep do not know the voice of God. And they don't know what he's talking about. They don't know what he's saying. It's so perfect how Jesus does this. And the Pharisees, they, they don't know what he's talking about because they, they're actually not sons of God. They're not listening to him. They're, they're kind of doing their own thing over here. And so he says in verse 7, Jesus says again to them, Truly, truly, I tell you, I am the door of the sheep. He says, I am the door. I'm the one that opens the door that allows you into the sheepfold. I'm the one that allows you out to find pasture, which we'll talk about in a minute. I am that door. Now, he can be many things. He's also the good shepherd. But he's the door, and that door does many things. It keeps the sheep in and safe so that people cannot come in and try to get, get them. Wild beasts can't come in and attack them. It keeps them safe. It keeps them all in one place, the kingdom of God, so that Jesus says, I own I am the owner of these people. I'm the creator of these people. They are mine. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I am your God and you are mine. That's Jeremiah. And so these are 
mine. And so as I am the door, I keep you in, but I'm also allowed to let you out. So how do you come in? How do you get into the kingdom of God? Talking about a couple months ago, you go in through the door. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the door. No one else is the door. There's no other way to find salvation. There's no other way to get into the kingdom of God. Jesus is the door. One of the things that we do sometimes, some of us do, is we try to look outside. Not, not really maybe meaning to, but we'll look outside for kind of other ways into the kingdom of God instead of using the door. And some of these ways are even good ways. Like, we have our, our famous, or our favorite preachers that we watch online. Uh, that's fine if you want to watch Vody, or if you want to watch John Lindell, or if you, whoever that you want to watch. Or we have our favorite books, and your favorite authors. I like A.W. Tozer, or C.S. Lewis, or Max Licato. I don't care. Read whoever you want to. That, that's fine to have your favorite. But those people are not the door. Okay? Those people are not the door. Jesus is the door. I know of a family, a large family, not, not here, um, large family where there are two sisters, and one of the sisters loves a certain preacher, that I'm not going to tell you who it is, loves a certain preacher. We need to start listening to him, we need to go to his conferences, and, da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And this other uh, sister says, well, I don't really particularly like how he teaches this part of it. Well, this sister get, got very offended very offended, and it's like, wait, wait a minute, no, 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 we've got to do all this. And so it started this strife in the family, so much so that this sister left the church that they were going to, they were going to go to church together, cousins don't see each other as much anymore, all this kind of stuff, all because this sister wanted everybody to listen to this preacher. And I'm thinking, he's not the way. What are we splitting our family up for? He's not the way. Like, if you want to listen to his sermons, go listen to his sermons, fine. But he's not the way. Jesus is the way. All these people are not the door. Jesus is the door. In fact, if you're here at Friendship Church, it is here for Christianity, not for Adam-ianity, okay? I am not the door, okay? I'm not the one that allows access to salvation, allows access to blessings, allow... I'm not that guy. Jesus is that guy, okay? I'm more like John the Baptist than I am Jesus. I'm pointing to Jesus. That's him. That's the lot of the world right there. So I'm closer to John the Baptist than I am to Jesus. That's him right there. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying follow me because I'm holy. I'm saying follow me. Holiness is this way. And there's a difference. Follow me. Holiness is this way. It's Jesus. We're going to go in this direction right here. Jesus is the door. And so that is what shepherds are supposed to do. Jesus is hearkening back, and this happens a lot, where in the New Testament, Jesus and Paul and others would revert back to some teachings in the Old Testament to show what's going on here now in the New Testament. So he's actually hearkening back a little bit to Ezekiel chapter 34. I'm going to read a little bit of this as well. Ezekiel 34. Then the message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds. Prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. So this part, and, and really a lot of this message, just very honestly, is for people like me. Shepherds. Shepherds of a church, leaders. But it also extends down to leadership within the church. So if you're a ministry leader, if you're a board member, if you have any sort of influence, really a lot of this is for us. So if you consider yourself an, in, uh, an influencer or a leader in the church, you need to 
perk your ears up here a little bit, okay? Because he's, he's about to talk about us, okay? And what we're supposed to do to the flock. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. What sorrow awaits you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks. Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? What it's saying is that us as leaders, and I'm putting me at the top of that list there, us as leaders, our number one goal is to point people to Christ. Feed the sheep meat. Point people to Christ. And if we're doing anything other than that, we need to have a check inside of ourselves. There's a difference in feeding my ministry and feeding those to Christ. And we want to move people to Christ. I understand that we use our ministry to move people to Christ, but let's make sure that that's a funnel there, okay? That we don't stop at the ministry, but that we move people to Christ. So what does that look like exactly? Verse 3, you drink the milk, wear the wool, butcher the best animals, but you let your flocks starve. You have not taken care of the weak. You have not tended the sick or bound up the injured. You have not gone looking for those who have wandered away and who are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. He's talking to us here for a moment. As leaders, we don't take from our people the best things and then lead them out to starve. We take what God has given us, what we have learned in our study throughout the week, and then we give that to the flock so that they can be pointed to Christ. Not so that they're pointed to us, but that they are pointed to Christ. And so there are physical things that you can do. You tend to the sick. You bound up the injured. You go looking for those who have walked away. Are there any who used to go to this church and you don't know what they're doing now? Well, as leaders, we need to go get them. What's going on? Jesus still loves you. The church still loves you. And we don't rule with harshness and cruelty. There, there is no I'm the leaders to fall in line in the kingdom of God. That does not exist. Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And we follow Christ as our motto. So it's not get in line, okay? That's not how we as leaders lead. Verse 5, so my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd, and they are easy prey for a wild animal. They have wandered through all the mountains and all the hills across the face of the earth, and no one has gone to search for them. <clears throat> what are we doing to reach out for those who are lost those lost sheep. He left the 99 to get the one. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock, left them to be attacked in every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve. That is so piercing to me. You took care of yourselves but left the sheep to starve. We're, if we're willing to step out there and be leaders, we're, we're, we're in a leadership session right now. We're going to step out there and, and be leaders. We are pointing people to the door. We are actively and constantly, whether we're leading worship or, or whether we are children's ministry, whatever it is, we are pointing people to Christ. And if we're not pointing people to Christ, then we're a social club or we're whatever it is. We point people to Christ. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I now consider these shepherds my enemies. 
You went from being a leader in God's house to being an enemy of God. No thanks. No thank you. I have seen what happens to the enemy, enemies of God. And I say no thank you. And I will hold them responsible for what has happened to my flock. I will take away their right to feed the flock and I will stop them from feeding themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths. The sheep will no longer be their prey. I will not be a shepherd that climbs over the stone wall. I can't, I, I, I can't do that. I'm pointing people to Christ. I'm pointing people to the door. But there are people out there today who are wolves in shepherd's clothing. And they come in over the, they come in over the wall. Listen, if a man is going to get on TV and says, Are you struggling financially? then send me a thousand dollars and God will bless you. That, does that even sound right to you? That man is coming over the stone wall because he has nothing to do with the door. It doesn't even sound right. Is that the voice of the Lord right there? Sow a seed. That is not sowing a seed. That is not what that is. There is something different than obeying God by giving your 10% in gratefulness and honor and worship. And are you desperate? Then send me money and God will bless you. Do you see the difference in that? There is a difference there. Do not listen to these charlatans. Okay. Because here's the deal. They hurt two people. They hurt, the, they hurt the kingdom of God and they hurt those outside the kingdom of God because they, they hurt the people inside the kingdom of God because in some pharisaical way they are manipulating you to do something, to give up something of yourself that God has blessed you with and that if you don't do it, then you're not saved and you're not going to hear the voice of God and you're never going to get out of the pit that you're in. And it hurts the non-Christians because they see that and they lump all of us in with that. And so then they think that we are greedy and weird. So why would they want to be a part of us? Do not listen to these people. John 10, verse 7. So Jesus says, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. That's Ezekiel. But the sheep did not listen to them. Thank God. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is the door. He's the only way to salvation. Not listen to this guy or this over here or so that Jesus Christ is the door. And then he says, because he's the door, he lets you in and lets you out. That, that doesn't mean he lets you in and out of the kingdom at will. What that means is that Two things. In salvation, he lets you into the sheep pen. That lets you know so that God, who is the watchman, is able to watch over his flock. Okay, So he lets you in in salvation, but he also lets you out to find pasture. So when Jesus calls you out as a shepherd, and as he is the shepherd, and he leads you to green pastures, that's where you find the things that you need. That's where you find blessings. That's find purpose for your life, direction for your life, because you are following him. He's the door. He's the one that allows you to have your needs taken care of, your blessings, your purpose, your direction, not these other things. He is the door. That's what that means. 
He allows you in for salvation, and he allows you out to find pasture as he leads. He is the door. I am not the door. These others are not the door. He is the door. So I want to ask, I want to focus here real quick on the young people in the room. So if you're a teenager, if you're a college student, if you're especially in your early 20s, I want to talk to you just for a second. I've been talking about shepherding and old preachers on TV. I haven't spoke to you yet, <laughs> okay? So let me talk to you for a second, okay? This next verse is for you. This next verse is for everybody, but especially if you are a young person in this room, I want you to perk up and listen up, okay? Off your phone. <laughs> all right? Listen up for a second. Two minutes. This is for you, okay? This next verse is for all of us, but it's for you. Listen. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. There is a thief that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. And there is a focused effort by this thief, Satan, evil, of this world, to keep the God of your parents just that, the God of your parents, not God of you. And so he is trying and working over time to split up the Christian family. If he can drive a wedge between you and your parents, my parents don't know what they're talking about. They can't even work an iPad. So then how are they going to tell me about eternity? Right? And so any little, my parents are dumb, any bit of that drives a wedge between you and them while they are trying to lead you to God. And there was a focused effort by Satan to get your attention off of God and your godly parents who were leading you and will look anywhere else. Entertainment, politics, doesn't matter which way you lean. Just lean far that way or far that way. Either one's fine. Just go really far one way. And this effort is to get you to question the Bible, to question God, and to question the parents who love you so much. And they want you to listen to anything else. There are many lies that are out there, and one of those lies is to follow your heart. That is the worst advice you could ever give or receive in your life. Follow your heart. What does that even mean? Your heart changes on a whim. In fact, Matthew 15 says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. There is nothing more deceitful than your heart. That's why when we, when we become Christians, we ask Jesus into our heart. Why? Because it changes our heart. Follow your heart. My heart changes all the time. You don't follow your heart. You follow Christ. You are not a Disney princess or prince, okay? Follow your heart. What are you even talking about? Well, that's just what I want. That's not, what you want changes. It changes. We don't grab a hold of things that are ever changing. And your heart is ever changing. But I'll tell you what does not change. And that's why you hear us old people say all the time that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Why is that such a big deal? Because you can hold on to it. You can hold on to it and you can never, you don't have to walk away or find something else. You don't have to listen to these Shepherds who are coming over the door and feeding you lies. And let me tell you something. They are feeding lies in school, 
They are feeding lies on, on entertainment. They are feeding absolute lies that are anti-Bible, anti-Christian. <clears throat> and they come and they'll say, and what's, what's weird is you've seen kind of, it, it's kind of moved over the last 30 years especially, but follow your heart. So having homosexual feelings is okay because you're following your heart. But it is against the word of God. Transgenderism, it's against the word of God because we find our identity in Christ. I realize that YouTube is going to stop this video for misinformation, but it is the word of God. And listening to any of this other stuff, they are not, and listen, we don't hate any of these people. And that's, that's what they'll do. When you speak out against it, they call you homophobe or whatever phobe. It's not that we hate that. You are not going to get the success and the happiness that you think you're going to get walking down this road. Because that is not the door. The door is Jesus Christ. Teenagers, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. They are sheep, or they are shepherds coming over the wall, and they're coming for your kids. If they, if they can't get you, they're going to come for your kids. So what do you do about it? What do you do? You do something like what we're about to do right now. If the worship team can come on up. Worship team's going to come on up. One of the things that we do is if, I'm talking to everybody, but I'm still talking to the young. If you're having trouble hearing what you're supposed to do, you're hearing from over here that this is okay, you hear from over here that this is okay, this is okay, this is okay. So what do we do? We listen to the voice of God. We listen to the voice of God. We read our Bible, we pray, we worship the Lord at church, we hang out with Christian friends. So that's what we are going to do. We're going to spend some time in prayer and worship. And what we've done, even the last couple of weeks, is that I want to give us a chance to actually talk to the Lord. So when we start to pray, you'll notice that we're not singing just yet. I want you to talk to God for a second. I want you to talk to the Lord just for a minute, and then we lead into some worship, okay? And so here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to go into a time of prayer, and I'm going to invite anyone who wants to come to the altar, you can come to the altar, just to simply hear the voice of the Lord, to know that Jesus is the door. He's the one that we enter for salvation. He's the one that he allows us out to find pasture. Our needs, our blessings, our direction, our purpose, all of these things. And so here's what I want to I'm going to invite everybody to come up, and you say, I, just, I, I want to hear from the Lord. I want to hear the Lord's voice, but I'm going to ask those young people, those teenagers, Basically, if you're under 25, I want you to answer this altar call, okay? Because I want you to physically stand up and walk down, find a place to pray, and say, I'm going to talk to the Lord for a moment. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. Because as much as this thief is out to get you, God loves you infinitely more. I want you to hear the voice of the Lord. So we're going to go and we're going to pray and we're going to take some time and we're going to pray. And I want you to hear the voice of the Lord, everybody. But I'm, I'm asking, if you're, especially the young people in the room, if you're under 25, I want you to answer this altar call. I want you to find a place to pray and I want you to pray and I want you to worship the Lord. I want you to experience and feel like what it's like to be in the presence of God 
by you acting out, by you chasing after it. Okay? So that's how we're going to do it. One, two, three, go. Let's find a place to pray. I know I should have had you stand or whatever, but I want everybody to find a place to pray. That's fine if you stay there. But for the young people in the room, I want you to physically stand up and find a place to pray. And then, when you're done praying, then we're going to worship. All right? Let's find a place. Let's move. If you want to come down with your parents, that's fine. We're, we're turning this into a youth service here real quick, okay? We're going to have, we're going to have a youth service here this morning. We've got to pray for this next generation, folks. If you don't know what else to pray, pray for these that are coming down. Pray that we would hear the voice of the Lord. God, I pray that we would hear the voice of the Lord. God, I pray that you would speak to these students especially to these young people today who are just bombarded with lie after lie after lie. And I pray that you would speak to them and that they would know how much you love them. Hallelujah. God, touch this here.